Yo, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, monkey, well, you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast, and that's not a bad thing, a good thing. All right, thank you for downloading another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast with me, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. So hit me up and follow me on there. It is WrestleMania week, so I am joined by Mr. Brian Shields. He is the author of 30 Years of WrestleMania. That book is great, phenomenal. Go check it out. Brian Shields, what's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. It's great to be back on. No problem, man. You know, once, you know, WrestleMania week came along, I knew I had to get a couple guys on the show, so I know you were priority number one, man. <laughs> uh, well, listen, that, that means a lot coming from you, and I, I really appreciate it. We always have great discussions, so. Likewise, man. So my first major question to you would be, now everybody knows Brock Lesnar is staying with WWE, um, he's not going back to UFC, even though he really thought about going back. I want to know, what were your thoughts on the main event prior and now after the announcement of him staying with WWE? I think it's a, I think it's a great announcement. Uh, I was very excited at the news. Um I think it's great for Brock Lesnar. I think it's great for WWE. I think it's great for the fans. And, you know, and I also think it's great for the different members of the roster that are going to be able to work with this incredible athlete um, who is definitely one of the most captivating WWE superstars of all time. And... You know, I, I think one of the things that I'm looking most forward to now is seeing really what what this year is going to bring for Brock Lesnar. It's uh, it's really really exciting. You know, um, to me, and I mentioned this a few times on the podcast uh, uh, a few weeks ago. To me, just the overall the landscape of pro wrestling changes now because now you get Brock for another I would say two three years I, we don't know how long he, you know he'll stay for but he's at the height of of the pop of his popularity he to me is the hottest commodity in pro wrestling right now um I I felt like he made the right choice with him being 37 years old and trying to go back into the octagon and you know most of those fighters are, are, are pretty young and it it does take a lot. And then you get the offer from Vince. It's a lighter schedule. There's money involved. And just having him with the company and just the possibility of him being a good guy. Because, you know, you watch it. You hear the cheers. You might see a, uh, a, a full face turn for Brock Lesnar, which is something that we haven't seen. I think that happening would be a major popularity, money boost for not only him, but for Vince. And I think that's the, that's the intriguing part of him staying because now there's other people on the roster he could have a, a match with, aside from Roman Reigns. We don't know what Paul Heyman is going to do. and That's up in the air. They can flip it on us at the last minute. But him staying and just having more options and more possibilities, I think it's great for everybody. I you know I agree and I think when you when you look at the the talent on the WWE roster today um I think it's I think the timing is great also I mean in 
uh, in sports entertainment, pro wrestling, whatever you like to call it. Um, you know, in WWE, it's, it, it's not only about what a specific talent can do in the ring, but it's also, you know, for them to have the, the best possible matches and, and things of that nature, it's also about who's standing across the ring from you as your opponent. I mean, it, it takes two. So, you know, I, I think the timing of this is excellent. If you look at the talent on the WWE roster, you look at the uh, different people that Brock can work with. That's why I'm so excited in terms of just all the creative possibilities. I mean, this is this was major news this week. Now, in your opinion, um, what was your what was your overall thoughts of how the WWE was? Featured on ESPN, featured on Sports Center, featured on Sports Nation, where you know technically you, <laughs> you won't ever see them on those channels, you know, for something positive. I think I think it was overall a great way to you know marketing-wise getting promotions for WrestleMania. Um, I don't know if it, if it was predetermined to have Brock Lesnar go live on Sports Center doing all that. In your opinion, when you was watching that. Did, did anything click in your mind saying, wow, like they did a great job of doing this and now being on these type of uh, of programming, you know, you just never see them on those channels. Right. Well, you know, the, and that, that's always one of the interesting things because, you know, WWE is, is not a professional sport, uh, but, it, you know, it's a form of entertainment. However, it takes the the peak physical conditioning and strength and the, the physical uh, gifts in order to, to perform over 300 nights a year. So that's why, you know, and I, I explain this sometimes uh, when, you know, when I'm at different events and, and there's a Q&A session. Um, so that's why, you know, there, there's always, you know, a little bit of a, of a um, just kind of a, I don't even know how to describe it, but, you know, the, it's not covered by mainstream sports. Um, I thought that the way that it was handled with Brock Lesnar was perfect because of his UFC background, and ESPN does cover uh, UFC and mixed martial arts. Right. So it made perfect sense, I thought, from a uh, marketing and communication standpoint. I, I thought it was a great move, no pun intended. Um, because of the popularity of mixed martial arts in UFC and and the appeal that that Brock Lesnar has with members of that audience, so you know it was just it's one of those things where um, as as sports has become more mainstream entertainment and WWE continues to grow as entertainment and, and widely understood as entertainment uh, I thought it was a great a, um, a, a great combination I mean it's you know it's funny in 1989 the WWE came out and said what we do is a form of entertainment and you know you still have you know naysayers and, and people sometimes where they they say like oh well that that's not a real that's not a real fight and it, it just makes me laugh because, you know, it's like, well, no one's saying that it is. It's actually been known for now more than a quarter of a century of being a form of entertainment. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought Brock being on Sports Center, I thought it was great. How excited are you for WrestleMania 31? I know it's WrestleMania is the biggest event in, in sports and, and um, entertainment, but looking back at the build-up for previous WrestleManias and kind of compare it to this one, are you still excited for the card and to see what's going to happen, or are you one of those people that's going to just kick back, sit back, and just see how it goes and see how everything plays out? I have to tell you, I don't really know. Looking at the card, top to bottom, Mm-hmm. And thinking of the talent that is on the card and the quality 
of performances that we can expect, I don't see how you could look at the at at the card and not be excited for these matches. Um, you know, I, I I understand a a segment of the audience, you know, may feel like you know the the build up maybe was was a little bit different in past years, maybe because the world heavyweight champion wasn't on television every week or competing at pay-per-views, performing on pay-per-view events every month. Um, but if you look at each match, they've actually had a lot of time built to build them up on television, and I've really enjoyed them. Um, I mean, I love the history of the United States and Intercontinental Championships, and I hope that WrestleMania will be the jump-off point of those those prizes, um, having a, a renewed luster on them. I, I think those championships are very important, and um, and I think that that fans want to see you know great long-running champions that are that are involved in compelling storylines and very highly contested matches and not only the championship matches but the contender matches as well um you know so just top to bottom i I think the card is great before i get to the intercontinental and u.s belt situation because that's that's been on my mind for for quite a while when it when it pertains to the world heavyweight championship are you in favor of or are you a fan of the belt and a champion not being there every Monday night, not defending it every pay-per-view. To me, I I look at it from from a boxing standpoint where, you know, boxers don't defend the belt every week. They don't defend it every month. It is a long process where if you defend the belt in September, the next time you'll defend it will probably be like May or June, and it creates a buildup. To me, with Brock having the belt, it's like, okay, I know you – some fans are upset, like, we don't see him every every week. He's not defending on, on every pay-per-view. But to me, the draw is Brock is somebody you want to see at the next pay-per-view. When, 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 when they announce him at a Monday Night Raw, you're going to watch him to that Monday Night Raw. Are you a fan of not having the belt on pay-per-view, on Raw every week? Or are you a fan of, like, you know... He'll defend it. <laughs> he'll defend it whenever he wants to. Um, you know, I I've been going back and forth on this as a fan, and I think it's one of those things where I actually thought just with um, with Brock in general that because I I completely understand the approach of you know, having it be a a special attraction, having it really be, you know, something that's that's different from other events. And, you know, and if you think about it to your point, it is a kind of a throwback to boxing, um, especially, you know, in boxing's heyday when you had, you know, polarizing heavyweight champions. Um, and, you know, and, and to a degree, and the members of your audience that, that remember the the territory days and, and the NWA, it is also a little bit of a throwback to, you know, when the NWA champion would, you know, go from territory to territory in this sense, where, you know, you may not see the champion every week on your local programming, uh, but he would you know, he would come to the area to defend the championship, and when he did, it was a huge deal. Um, I, I actually think the, the perfect sweet spot for a Brock Lesnar kind of arrangement with WWE would be to have something in the middle of what they have had and a full-time schedule. Um, because... I think his character is so popular with the fans. He's so good in the ring where, you know, you definitely don't, you know, you can make the argument where, you know, okay, he doesn't need to compete in the ring every week. Um, 
But I do think just to have a little bit more continuity in terms of building conflicts with with uh, possible opponents and and developing you know those kinds of storylines with with different characters. Um, so I think just for that reason, I think it, it would be it would be best to, to have. And maybe not not the half, you know, not maybe not a middle ground, but a little bit more than um, than what they've been doing now. But either way, I mean Brock Lesnar being in WWE is great for everyone, and I really cannot wait to see what the rest of 2015 brings. Real quick, I just got this um, through the wire while you were talking. I don't know if it's it, you know major or not, but did. They announced that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which was on the actual event last year, is now going to be on the kickoff show. So okay. I don't know, one, why they would now switch it. Two, does that mean anything going forward? What's your take on that? Um, I mean, to me, well, first off, my take in general is that I think it's great that the Battle Royal is part of WrestleMania every year and that it's dedicated to Andre. Right. Um, I know you, you and I on and off air um, talk about, you know, the history of WrestleMania and WWE. Um, you know, the first Battle Royal at WrestleMania was WrestleMania two, um, which Andre was in and, uh, and he won. So fittingly, I think it's great that now we get to have an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Um, for the uh, for this year's version now being on the kickoff show, I think it's great if you have the WWE Network. Um, I, I love the idea of the the network having exclusive content, and it, it absolutely should. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of the WWE network. I watch it all the time. Um you know, I mean I mean you could say that the Battle Royal maybe would be a great way to kick off the event as like the first match. But you know, one of the things that's important too for all of us to remember is always, you know, there's a reason for it. Right. And you know, I mean who knows what that reason is. Mm-hmm. Um but the only thing that I would be disappointed in is if it was removed totally. So maybe, maybe that's me selfishly as a fan because I have the WWE Network and it's going to be on. It's you know it's going to be on between uh, now and Sunday, pretty much around the clock. Um, but you know I, I um, you know who knows what what that means. You mentioned the Intercontinental and U.S. title earlier. Um, me, being a, a WWF fan, I was always more in tune with the IC belt than, than the United States belt. Um, I know the history of who had the U.S. belt from Flair to Sting and so on and so forth. The Intercontinental belt, to me and to many others, really signified that if you had that belt at one time back in the day, you were the second best wrestler or performer in the company. Now, with so many things going on, it gets overlooked to a degree where do people even care about the, the Intercontinental Belt anymore? In your opinion, um, we'll, see, we'll see what they do on Sunday. We'll see who wins. I think it's going to be Daniel Bryan. Um, can he or can anybody take this belt and bring it to a prominent, prestigious way that it once was? Why is it in the position that it is right now, and how can they fix that? I absolutely think that the Intercontinental Championship can return to a place of prominence. Um, I, I'm right there with you. It has always been one of my favorite championships. I mean, I'm a uh, proud, you know, child of the '80s. So, you know, when I think of the Intercontinental title. Um, I think of, you know, so many of the legendary Hall of Famers that, that helped make that prize uh, what people within a certain age group remember it to be. You know, and of course, you always have to give a special shout out to the first champion, Pat Patterson. Um, you know, I, I think that the, the championship can definitely return 
to a place of prominence on the WWE card. Um, and I think there are many people on the roster that are able to have those kinds of matches. Um, but it's not only those matches, you know, and I spoke about this in the, in the beginning of our conversation. It's, to me, it's creatively how the division is presented. You know, when you think back to, you know, when the, when the championship really had uh, a lot of, just a lot of hype around it, a lot of prestige around it, there were guys where when you would, when you would see them on TV, it was like you knew, oh, they're, they're coming after the Intercontinental belt. They're, 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 a, they're an Intercontinental title contender. You know, and the announcers would play it up on TV. There would be great matches, and not only singles matches, but sometimes tag team matches where, you know, guys and you know, one good guy and another good guy would be, you know, battling two villains. And you knew that all four of them were really invested in the title, ultimately. Um, so I think a big part of it to me, obviously the champion sets the tone, but to me, to really maximize the potential of returning prestige to the Intercontinental Championship, I think a big part of it is how the division is presented in general. And I think bringing it to Sunday at WrestleMania, um, there's, you know, there's, there are so many of the participants in that match where you could say, you know, they they could be the person to do it, and um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. You know, um, the first Intercontinental title match uh, that involved the latter was WrestleMania 10. So you know, for now, 20 years later. Uh, for there to be a ladder match for the Intercontinental title, it's going to be exciting. Now, another major part of WrestleMania 31 is the fact that Sting is going to be wrestling for the first time in a WWE ring, his first WrestleMania match. Do you like how they built up the Sting character since he debuted at the Survivor Series. How do you think this whole match will play out with him and, and, and Triple H? I have to tell you, I am a huge Sting fan, have been since the beginning. I really never thought, and this is another, you know, this is why you never say never with WWE. I never thought that we would see Sting in a WWE ring. I never thought we would see him at WrestleMania. I really thought that that time had come and gone. Um, from his debut at Survivor Series to now, I think everything has just been fantastic. The, the, the way he was introduced to the audience, the way that they have presented the conflict with him and Triple H, it, I think it's going to be a great match on Sunday. I, I really, really do. I mean, I I hope so too. And people can say, well, Sting is 55 and Hunter is I don't know 45. I think when you have those two guys, professional big time mega stars, at a WrestleMania, I can't wait to see Sting go out there. And, and it's so funny is that um, with them being on the West Coast in, in San Fran uh, or, San, or, or Santa Clara. Um, I was hearing a, 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 a radio podcast last week, and they mentioned that, you know, Undertaker and Sting in, in separate matches might actually be introduced in broad daylight. <laughs> right, <laughs> and right, like, yeah. I don't know how they're going to play it off. I don't know how they're going to cover the sun. I don't know what's going to happen. But I think the whole match would be interesting to see. I think Sting goes over. There's no possible way that he's going to come in and lose that match. But – to me, it's going to be how how long he can go, how long, I mean, how great he looks, because there's always that back cloud of can Sting or will Sting and The Undertaker ever fight? And that's my next question to you. Depending on how Sting does on Sunday, do you think that they should look at, and also how Taker looks, do you think that they 
revisit the fact that Sting and Taker is still a monumental match, a dream match that many wrestling fans want to see, and that could take place at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas? Well, I mean, I, I, I think really it's, you you can never say never. So True. <laughs> um, I I think I'm just speaking as a fan. If it's going to be Undertaker Sting, and if we do see it, um, I I think that WrestleMania 32 is the place for it. I really do. Now, who goes over? <laughs> that, that, that's a great question. Um, that's the major question. If um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's 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 tough. That's that's really really tough. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm, I'm really, and I, I don't mean to duck the question. I just I I really don't know. I mean, I think for WWE, you know, Dallas is booked. I think that they they want to break that. They they want to reclaim the indoor attendance record. And uh, I think for WrestleMania 32, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops, as they do every year. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think if we see Undertaker Sting, it's going to be at WrestleMania 32. Who leaves victorious? That I don't know. Before I get to some questions about your, your book, um, Taker is on the card for 31 he gets Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt is, is a phenomenal character, a phenomenal wrestler. He's been carrying this storyline, this match, with his great promo work, and we haven't seen Undertaker since WrestleMania 30. How do you think that, that match plays out, and could we possibly see another loss for the Undertaker on Sunday? I think the the work that Bray Wyatt has done over the last year or so has been some of the best that, that I've seen um, in the ring, on the microphone. Um, the way that he has built this conflict with The Undertaker and The Undertaker has not even been on TV, I think is just amazing. I mean, his promo on Monday night was one of the best that I've ever heard. And... Um, you know, I, I, I think that the match is going to be a great match. I, I don't think that The Undertaker would would return to the ring if he didn't think he could have a, a great match with anybody. So I think that The Undertaker, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing like being at WrestleMania. Um, there's nothing like an Undertaker entrance especially at WrestleMania, I think when it comes time on Sunday, I think we're going to see redemption of the dead man. I'm chatting with Brian Shields. He is the author of 30 Years of WrestleMania. We're going to get to that book right now. Um, On the previous show we had you on, we got through WrestleManias 1 through 14. Not all of them, but kind of like the main parts of it. Um, Sure. I'll start off with WrestleMania 15. Okay. Um, Stone Cold and The Rock main evented that WrestleMania. I want to ask you, as a fan, what was the significance of that main event? It was during the Attitude Era. Both companies still going at it. The Rock and Stone Cold, megastars at the time. And it was the first of three WrestleMania main events that they had. Going back to 15... How significant and important was that first Rock Stone Cold encounter at WrestleMania? Oh, it was huge. I mean, at that point, you are um, you are in the Attitude Era. I mean, you know, full swing. Uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock. At that point, I mean, two of the the biggest personalities uh, in the industry. Um, I mean, it was a huge, huge main event. Um, you know, the storyline at that point of you know the the uh, the Texas Rattlesnake against Mr. McMahon and his 
you know, his, his corporation henchmen, so to speak. I mean, it was uh, it was a huge match, and you know, it, again, like you said, it was that first of what would be three WrestleMania main events for this rivalry, which is something that we have not seen since, and we may never again. Now we fast forward to WrestleMania 17. Now this is Brock Austin number two for the title, but a lot of people call it the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Uh, of course, people have their own opinions. Um, do you do you agree with that or feel there's a better one? Because again, Attitude Era, it was a, a, a few days after they bought WCW. Um, right. You had the triple threat tag ladder match, which is Still phenomenal to this day. Rock Austin too. Shane versus Vince, Hunter Taker. Um, do you look at that as the greatest WrestleMania, or do you feel differently? Well, it's definitely one of the greatest in general. I think it's really hard to, you know, to come out and, and say that one event, especially because this event is an annual event. So to come out and say this is the the greatest WrestleMania ever, I think that's difficult to do. At least it is for me. Um, but I think when it comes to WrestleMania 17, that is without a doubt one of the best WrestleManias by far. And it was, a, I think, to me, a full celebration of the, the power of the Attitude Era. It marked the return to for WWE and WrestleMania of performing in uh, domes and large stadium type venues, because at that point the last WrestleMania before WrestleMania 17 that was held in a dome or large stadium venue was WrestleMania 8. So, you know, I think when you look back on it historically and you look at the card and the, the talent that was on the card and the matches. Um, you know, and it was one of those things, too, uh, you know, I, I wish that people would talk more about that first Undertaker-Triple H match. That was awesome. Um, you know, but there were a lot of great matches on that card. Uh, it's definitely one of the best WrestleManias ever in terms of, you know, the matches, in terms of the production and the grandeur of the production. Um, you know, and, and now it's, that, that marks the second Stone Cold Rock match, which um, which I absolutely, I just love that match. I love that story going into WrestleMania. Um, you know, my only thing with that match was, you know, and, and it's quoted in the 30 Years of WrestleMania book, um, and, and, you know, Steve Austin himself has, has come out in the year, in prior years and have, you know, said looking back on it, it was a mistake for his character to, to uh, become a villain. Um, but, you know, I understood after hearing it from him, you know, I understood what he said because, you know, he felt like the character had gotten stale in his view. Um, but the match was great. And, you know, there's something, there will always be something almost indescribable between Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Now The Rock goes to WrestleMania 18. He gets Hollywood Hulk Hogan. The crowd went crazy for Hollywood. I think that was something that neither us or him would ever imagine him coming back from WCW, him being in Toronto Sky Dome. We all know how it ended up with him in Sky Dome and the Warrior back at WrestleMania 6. So a lot of fans were, you know, still, they still love Hulk Hogan. They still love Hollywood. Um, but that match was a very monumental match, not only for The Rock and, and Hogan, but for the company itself. Now, at that time, did you feel that that match would be highly talked about so many years later? Well... WrestleMania 18 will always hold a special sentimental value to me because that is the first WrestleMania that I attended live. Oh, okay. And when I touched down uh, in Toronto from New York and just going through the airport, I mean, you thought 
that you would have thought that like the WrestleMania event was taking place at the airport in a few minutes. Like, I mean, the entire city of Toronto was consumed with WWE, consumed with WrestleMania. Um, you know, and the other reason why it has sentimental value for me was because of, of being a kid of the 80s and a Hulkamaniac as a kid. You know, for Hulk Hogan to return to WWE as part of the NWO, I, I thought initially was awesome. And the nostalgia of the WWE fans, and this is why this is something I used to, you know, get into um, disputes about this with um, with people at times. You know, there was a WWE audience, there was a WCW audience, there was an ECW audience, and then you had segments of all. You had segments of each audience that watched all three shows. But what that return in 2002 of Hulk Hogan to the WWE really showed was that there was something special about Hulk Hogan in WWE. And especially at that time, the fans wanted to see him back they wanted to cheer him. They were cheering the NWO, which, you know, we do talk about in the book. And actually, one of my favorite interviews for for uh, writing 30 Years of WrestleMania was uh, Kevin Nash. Uh, we spoke for almost two hours on the phone. And he had great stories and insight as to re- that WrestleMania weekend um, But, you know, I mean, that was a great match. And to The Rock's credit, I mean, I I think that was one of his shining moments because of what it represented, his performance. I mean, that was a huge, a a huge crowning achievement for him. And, um, you know, the only thing about that that sometimes is a little disappointing is that Triple H and Chris Jericho had a great match to close the show. Um, But... You know, there was just something about this Hulk Hogan versus The Rock dream match scenario where, like, before that, if you were playing your favorite wrestling video game and had to create a wrestler, that was the only way you could really relive it, you know? Yeah, I, I've, you know what, I I saw that match again, I think, about a week ago. Because every time we have WrestleMania, I was... Go back to the tapes and DVDs, but now with the network, you can watch any, any, you know, anytime you want. So that was one match I, I wanted to see again. Um, oh yeah. Because there were so many stories, and you know, Hogan was hurt during that time. I think he had a broken rib while wrestling. So even even him at his age going out there with a broken rib in front of uh, God knows how many people in, in Sky Dome, um, just just really showed the the the, the, the true testament. Of, of Hulk Hogan. So, a little monkey wrench at you real quick. Top three WrestleManias since they are 30. Top three from WrestleMania 1 through 14 and the top three from 15 to 30. Which All right, hold picking? on. I'm writing this down. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> Hold on. Okay, so I know every time we talk, I know I have to be on my toes with you. That's right. Uh, Okay, so top three WrestleManias. Between 1 through 14. Okay. And top three from 15 through 30. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Um, uh, from 1 to 14... Three is a, is a lock. Okay. I mean, three is one of the greatest of all time. I mean, it held the indoor attendance record up until a few years ago of over over ninety three thousand fans. So, three is is part of that list for sure. Um, I think. See, it's difficult for me though because are you talking about like every like attendance and pay per view and. I mean, what's are, are we looking at anything specific or just? I mean, if 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 
three WrestleManias from 1 through 14 that you can just watch anytime, anywhere, any place. Doesn't matter. You watch it 100 times. Um, if you want to throw in the attendance records or, or a great match in there, but just preferably three three WrestleManias that you can always go to and watch it. Okay. Okay. Um I know, very difficult, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? These are these are going to be my my answers. And if you ask me tomorrow, I'm sure I'll change them because I'm I'm terrible at picking. Um, for the first fourteen, I'll say um, three, mm-hmm. six, and fourteen. Three, six, and fourteen. Huh? Okay. But I know. For me, there's like a Another one kind of sneaking in there. Um, you know, I love that Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. So it, that's very difficult for me to not put 12 in, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, just artistically, from a performance standpoint, I mean, that's an amazing match. Um, top three from the the, the second half, uh, 17 for sure. Um, hmm. This way it gets tricky, Brian. <laughs> well, it, it definitely gets tricky. Um, I thought WrestleMania 30 last year was great. So I'm I'm going to put that in, and now I just need one in the middle. Um, Let me help you out. What about 19? Yeah, nineteen was great. Nineteen was great. I mean, the, I mean, you had Rock Austin, Hogan, McMahon, uh, Lesnar, Angle. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Jericho, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Jericho, Shawn Michaels was off the charts. Um. Well, I I give you seventeen. I give you thirty, and if you want to throw in nineteen in there. Um, go. I, I thought twenty one was good uh, with Batista, Hunter, uh, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle went at it. Uh, Randy Orton, Undertaker. I mean, the good thing about it, Brian, is that there are quite a few great WrestleManias that we just can't really pick uh, right away. So it just shows you out of thirty, there's at least twenty, twenty two good ones, and it's always a, a tough debate of. of trying to pick your top favorite or top three or top yeah. five, oh, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So. And I think, um, you know, and I think back to 25, you know, that first undertaker Shawn Michaels match was just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that this third one is, is a tough one for me. I think I, I need your help on that. Um, I think, uh, 17, 19 and, you know, it could be could be twenty five, it could be thirty. Um, I don't know. You know, what's so funny when I ask these questions and people ask you ask me what you know which one which ones would you pick? I don't have an answer either. <laughs> I'm just like I want to see what you guys would say. But seventeen, yeah, yeah, 17 yeah. nineteen um, are a lot. Huh. I thought twenty nine was great. Yeah, I was there uh, too. You know, you know what? I'm gonna go with. Um, 17, yeah, see, I, I have a difficult time not putting 25 in there just because the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match mm-hmm. is the greatest match that I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to so me, I think that's, I have to go with that. And 17, me, 25, um, and uh, 17, 25... And I'm going to say 30 because I love the Daniel Bryan story. Right. You know, and I, I loved the historical significance of him, of someone like him with his incredible ability, his journey to WWE, the historical significance of him holding, being trained by Shawn Michaels, working in Japan, you know, um, him holding those two championships uh, on the middle rope, I, I think, is just amazing. 
And real quick to me, I think when you look when you look back at it, I think John Cena had his greatest WrestleMania matches at at 22 and 23. The 22 was against Triple H, where I think everybody on planet Earth thought Triple H was going to walk out of there the winner in Chicago. And 23, the one with Shawn Michaels. I think those two matches, even still to this day. I would put as when you can, when you're trying to put a list of John Cena's greatest WrestleMania matches, 22 and 23 have to go in there. I agree. I, well, I'm a I'm a John Cena fan, so um, I think that um, that John is is one of the all time greats in WWE history. And if you look at his res- WrestleMania resume, it's it's fantastic. I mean, if you if you look at the quality of matches he's had with a variety of different opponents, which is something that I always you know like to look at. Um, you know, I I mean, twenty three is definitely one of his best. Twenty two was was great with with Triple H. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we could have a whole show. To me, we could have a whole show on. John Cena's WrestleMania resume. I mean, if you look at at WrestleMania's 20 to let's just include Sunday, um, you know, there's a lot of great stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And and the first Rock versus Cena match, I thought delivered, and then and then some. Oh, from 28 in Miami, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna wrap it up with you with this question since we are talking about WrestleMania and you kind of mentioned it a few minutes ago. Uh, WrestleMania 25, you know, it's in the book. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker won. Is that the greatest WrestleMania match of all time? I I think when when you're talking about in-ring performance and the story leading up to it it's it's got it's up it's it's in the mix i mean it's it's either you know when you think about hogan andre um you think about steamboat savage bret hart versus Shawn michaels the iron man match um you know you think to stone cold versus the rock Yeah, even that Stone Cold Brett from 13, too. Stone Cold Brett is one of my favorite matches of all time. Um, I, I, I don't know. See, that's, I don't know if it's the greatest. Of, I don't know if it's the greatest match in WrestleMania history because some people say, well, it's Hogan Andre because of the what it meant at the time and the, the characters and that, that story and the 93,000-plus. Um, that's why I say for me, because I, I was fortunate enough to be in attendance, it's the great, Shawn Michaels Undertaker is the greatest match I've ever physically seen. Um, where I was in the seats and I just, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Mm. Um, so it's, it's in, it it's right at the top in terms of the, you know, the conversation for sure. Hey, man, I think that's the beauty of having, an, you know, your own opinion. And I think to me, if I was doing a top three, top five, it, it, it's much easier to say that than, oh, that's the greatest match of all time, greatest WrestleMania match of all time. Because people are going to, from different eras, and they might not have seen those earlier matches back in the day. So, um, I... It's tough, man. I, top three, definitely, absolutely. But it depends what kind of what kind of fan you are. You, you're a fan of the high flying, slow, methodical. You know that Savage and Steamboat. Are, are you a fan of like the the ambiance and the spectacle? That's Hogan and Andre. And are you a fan of the storyline, good versus evil, or light versus darkness? And then that's where Shawn Michaels. Um, Taker falling, two fan favorites at the time, both good guys, so um, it can go either way, but before I let you go, um, 
tell people where they could find you on Twitter and this this new website you have going on. First off, thank you so much for having me. It's always great to come on and speak to you. Um, for me, your your audience can connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at it's Brian Shields, all one word. I'm on Facebook as Brian Shields. And the new website that is launching very, very soon, I'm actually having my uh, my final meeting on it tomorrow, kind of a final run-through of the site, is brianshieldsbooks.com. That's going to have a blog that I'm going to be contributing to very regularly. It's going to have contests, Q&As, behind-the-scenes sections for all of the books that I've written on WWE. Um, there's going to be interviews posted up there. So any wrestling fan is going to love this site because that's what I am. I mean, I'm a fan first and foremost, and I'm going to be talking about current stuff. I'm going to be talking about old school stuff. So BrianShieldsBooks.com is going to be a lot of fun for wrestling fans. Brian Shields, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoy WrestleMania 31. Again, it's Brian Shields on Twitter. He's the author of 30 Years of WrestleMania. If you don't have it or haven't read it, it's on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever books are sold. Go check that out. And the new website, BrianShieldsBooks.com. Brian, man, thank you. appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. All right. 